This podcast is brought to you by Yosemark Mountain Equipment, offering expert advice on gear for powder and the backcountry, located at the corner of Ski Hill Road and 3rd Street in Driggs. And by Three Rivers Ranch Outfitters, offering winter trip planning services and selling gear from Patagonia, Orvis, Hatch, Rio, Sims, and more, located at 76 North Main Street in Driggs. I moved to Teton Valley fairly recently, and one of the first things I noticed about the town of Victor is that all the cars were facing the wrong way. I was told the reason for that was that Victor's former mayor owned a bike shop and made the town switch over to reverse-angled parking to make it safer for bikers. I heard that story so many times, I figured I'd ask someone who was familiar with what actually happened. I was going to say, so I heard it was because the mayor of Victor was a bike guy, and it was, you know made in to make bicycling safer or something like that but it was because the mayor was you know a big biker yeah right like it was a hundred percent a cycling agenda yeah 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 so is that true no it's not true it's uh it's funny it, it really cycling the benefits of reversing all parking to the biking in victor was um was a nice thing that came out of it but it wasn't really what was leading it or driving it that is the former mayor of Victor, Scott Fitzgerald. I talked to him on a mountain bike trail, actually, in Horseshoe Canyon on a local trail restoration day. But it's it always that always gives me pause because I, I kind of feel like, well, what if it was? What if it was the main reason that we did reverse angle parking? Would that be so bad? <laughs> you know, it wasn't, but but let's say that it was. So is it really a bad thing to encourage more people to ride their bike? Is it Is it a bad thing to reduce our dependence on foreign oil? Is it a bad thing to increase our community health and reduce our obesity and reduce our health care costs and reduce the wear and tear on our roads and give our children a little bit more independence and sense of self? Seems to me like bikes are a good thing. Bikes have a net positive. So why wouldn't we encourage people to ride bikes more? It always kind of, yeah, just surprises me when people are anti-bike. I think everyone could use a little bit more healthy lifestyle. Do you think people believe you when you say it wasn't part of your biking agenda? Doesn't matter. (laughs) They can believe me or not. It doesn't. I know the truth, so that's all that matters. I'm Scott Stunts, and today on Get Out the Podcast, I talked to two people to figure out why here in Teton Valley, biking is political. Um, Here we go. So we found out that there was going to be an overlay on Main Street in Victor. Um, in a new, fresh uh, seal coat of pavement, which meant that the striping was going to be erased. So we said, oh, well, here's a great opportunity to get rid of the, the four lanes on Main Street and, um, and slow traffic down. So we started to go through those conversations with ITD. And they said, well, if you're going to go to two lanes, you're going to have to use up the rest of the, the asphalt with something, because if you leave open asphalt that's not actually delineated for some traffic move, you're going to create chaos, and people will just pass anyways. So they said, you know, what you might consider is um, reverse angle parking because we're not actually going to allow nose-in angle parking anymore. So you're either going to have, if you restripe, if you change your current striping pattern, you're either going to have to go to parallel parking or reverse angle parking because nose-in par- parking is, uh, is, has been documented to be um, too dangerous for state highways, which our main street is. So the ITD was mandating no nose-in parallel parking. It, yep, exactly, exactly. So they said, okay, well, you're going to do um, new striping to go two lanes, therefore you have to change your, your parking orientation, and you're still going to actually have extra asphalt left over that you're going to have to do something with, stripe it. So what you might consider is a bike lane. 
And of course that resonated with me with, you know, being a cyclist and knowing there's so many cyclists in the community. So, well, that's great. You know, if there's an opportunity to, um, to stripe for a bike lane, improve traffic safety, reduce traffic speed, that seems like a win all the way around. So reverse angle parking wasn't your idea because of some sort of, because of your cycling proclivities. Right, exactly. <laughs> did that nuance get lost? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it did, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. No, it became my idea, um, and it became an idea that was driven solely and 100% in people's opinion by, by a desire to improve cycling conditions. What were those meetings like after Reverse Angle was either proposed or implemented? Well, it was interesting that we went through a number of meetings, public meetings, and we learned something really, um, I, I think, very important for all political leaders to keep to be mindful of. We had a series of public meetings about reverse, reversing a parking, not really just about reversing a parking, it was about the parking configuration in general. And everyone who was for the new lane configuration came to the first meeting, and we had a standing ovation packed room. Then we had another meeting, and none of those people came because they had already made their case and given their applause. And everyone who came to that meeting got wind of what was happening uh, on a slower, I don't know, timeline. And they came to that second meeting, and everyone in that room was all against it. And unfortunately, no one who was for it got to hear in person the opinions of the people who were against it. And the people who were against it never got to hear the opinions in person of the people who were for it. So, lesson learned. So... I was going to say it wasn't proposed because of cycling. It wasn't a cycling-centered issue from the ITD's perspective, and it didn't seem like it was a cycling-centered issue from your perspective. Why do you think it became a cycling-centered issue? You know, I, I wish I had a good answer for that. I mean, I, I could theorize. I don't know if it's accurate, but I think that um, most issues that involve change in this valley um, turn into these issues of newcomers versus old-timers. See ya. And I think because so many of the newer residents in the valley do like to recreate and, and lead those sort of healthy lifestyles, um, the bicycle gets associated with those newcomers that I'm a part of. So when change happens in the valley, I think a lot of the long-term multi-generational families um, just lump all of the change together. You know, if there's going to be parking change or Main Street change, it's probably because of the newcomers. The new, newcomers ride bikes, the newcomers walk, so therefore it all gets lumped together. That's just a theory. I have no idea if that's true or not. You know, in your time, how long have you lived in the Valley? I've lived in the Valley for uh, 10 years exactly now. Has the, like, image around cycling or the symbolism or baggage or whatever you want to call it has it changed at all or is it gotten more intense or how would you you know yeah I don't really know I, you know when I first moved to the valley I was commuting to Jackson and I wasn't as involved with uh, local politics and community action and so I, I wasn't even really aware that there was this political package or any symbolism around cycling probably for the first four years I lived here it was only you know when I got in office that that became a little bit more apparent and I don't know if it's grown at all. It's probably just stayed the way it is. And, you know, one of those things where, do you think, I was going to say, because it doesn't seem a Democrat, it, I think there's political implications, but it's not like Democrats or bikers and Republicans are 
are not, I don't think. Does that make sense to you? or like? Well, in this valley, I'm not really sure Democrats are Democrats and Republicans are Republicans. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I work, um, I'm a precinct captain for the Democratic Party, and um, there's a significant number of precinct captains with me who are lifelong Republicans. <laughs> so I don't really see that our uh, local politics follow traditional national party lines. So... <laughs> Speaking of politics, here is an editorial that ran in the Teton Valley News in the recently concluded race for Teton County Commissioner. In a worst case scenario, and carried to its logical conclusion, our valley could wither economically as lo our local farmers are forced out and their fertile productive land seized or sold to large agribusiness for cents to the dollar. Those who do choose to move here would be required to live packed into our cities, forming an engineered skiing mountain bike community that appeals to a segment, but not the majority of our citizens, thereby forever changing the character of our valley. That's Ron Moeller. He ran for the District 1 seat. He lost to incumbent Sid Coons. He's going to describe why he wrote that, what he means by engineered mountain bike community, and what he, as a biker, knows about politics and biking in the valley. Let's go. Well, I was trying to, in this one, I was uh, discussing uh, land use issues, uh, property rights issues and, and uh, land use planning issues, um, trying to address uh, the, uh, the comprehensive plan, which remains a, a major sore point with a, a large portion of the county residents. So trying in the, uh, in 700 words or less, trying to address uh, some very uh, complicated and very emotional issues, um, I, uh, I wanted just to uh, bring forth my views on what I felt. Um, about the comprehensive plan, about what I thought of uh, property rights, which I'm obviously in favor of, uh, and uh, what I thought of some of the uh, more uh, radical ideas that have been uh, proposed using the comprehensive plan as its vehicle to get that implemented. So that was, you know, that paragraph was really interesting to me. And obviously, like I said, I wanted to let you give context. I just want to cherry pick that one paragraph out. But, you know, the phrase in there, um, you know, those who would choose to move here would be packed into cities and live in a, an engineered mountain bike ski community. How did you choose that phrase? Well, um, in the comprehensive plan, it talks about clustering the population to preserve the open spaces. And, and I'm obviously truncating the, uh, that portion of the, of the comp plan. So you know, rather than you know, plagiarizing those, uh, those words, I, I thought it was important to, uh, to put it in a, in a more tone, befitting a, a political op-ed piece um, to, uh, to get people's attention. Um, because most of the, um, the, the, new, the newcomers to the Valley here, the new arrivals, the people who have moved here, whether they're young people like yourself or retirees like myself, we've mo generally moved here from larger urban areas, cities. And we don't want to live in cities anymore. We don't want to live packed on top of one another. Speaking to those people, the, the, the originals, the five-generation people, do they have sort of, like when they see someone riding by in spandex or, you know, have a, a $3,000 bike strapped to the roof, is there a certain idea of the person, you know, of the person riding the bike or the person, you know, going to the mountain bike trail that they have? Is there sort of a perception of that of kind course of there is. Well, I mean, it's 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 natural human reaction. Uh, you know, here here's a here's a hardworking farmer or uh, you know a hardworking 
native, and I really hate using these 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 stereotypical terms to divide people. But he'll he'll see that, or or she'll see that, and they're hardworking. They're they're working from sun up to sundown, um, out in the fields, haying, planting, calving, you name the, the the agricultural activity, and they're wearing tattered Carhartts. Well, hopefully not ta- too tattered, but. And and they're working hard, and and you know their pickup truck is fairly old, and um, could probably use a little work. But they they ha- they take a lot of pride in, in their in their in their work and in, in their in their clean lifestyle and and in the, uh, the the values that they have and that they they teach their children. And then they see this person, and again they they don't know this person, but they see that and and they uh, they think of uh, entitled, privileged. Uh, it never really worked a day in their life. Uh, and those are the various thoughts that, that go through their head and, and things that were communicated to me during the course of the campaign. And it's a true shame um, uh, that they, they feel that way. But it, again, it, um, I think it's on the, uh, on, on the bike community to, uh, to begin the outreach, to begin the dialogue, to do that. Uh, do you think anyone ever thought that of you when you were uh, riding your fat bike? Oh gosh, no! They probably thought, "How can that big old dude <laughs> be wobbly on that bike?" <laughs> well, I was gonna say the, because for me, I, I was gonna say that would be kind of interesting for someone to see, you know, see you riding a fat bike. Because fat bikes, you know, they're kind of the new thing. They're kind of someone just going by. Obviously, you know, you you were in the military. You were you served the country in different ways and across, you know, overseas and everything. And I would think that you would not fit that uh that entitled never worked a day in their life thing and i was going to say have you, do you ever feel lumped into that sometimes or maybe you know get caught in the crossfire of those kind of perceptions sometimes i do um you know i'll i'll have my my bike jersey on which will which will be a a wonderful operation iraqi freedom or enduring freedom or uh, <laughs> jersey that you know this one website sells um but they're very colorful and uh I'll wear that, and then um, I'll be sent on an errand to uh, go pick up dog food at the local uh, feed store. <clears throat> well, you know, I'm in my uh, I'm in my my bike shorts and my my my, my bike top. Yeah, I the, the cowboys in there, and the, uh, they they tend to they give you that that look, and so it's uh, it's it's interesting. But so yes, I get lumped into that, but and and it's a, it's an it's it's human nature to do that, but. Um, I've, you know, again, if you, uh, you know, you initiate the conversation, you, you're, you're polite and respectful, and uh, you, you, you show a little bit of interest and competent knowledge on, on the local activities that, that these other, that the farmers and the, the multiple generations of folks have gone through, that goes a long way to at least, you know, putting a, putting a little bit of understanding on uh, an otherwise very difficult issue. They, uh, you tend not to get your head bitten off quite so violently. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Ron, for coming in. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, Scott. Thanks to Ron Muller and Scott Fitzgerald for talking to me today. The music on today's show came from Jason Shaw and Kevin McLeod and was used under the Creative Commons license. I'm Scott Stunts. Thanks for listening. <laughs>